0: This is the Average to Savage Podcast with Paul Garino.
1: Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Spotty Wi-Fi. Spotty Wi-Fi, how's it going? I'm great, bro. Uh, Glad to be here, man. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no, for sure. I love the the, uh, crypto punk uh, face. (laughs) Yes, sir, man. I got to Got to stay on brand. Absolutely. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, so, yeah, just tell me tell me a little bit about how you got into uh, just being an artist and a rapper.
0: Oh, man. You know, I started rapping um, like freestyling a little bit on the bus in high school, going to basketball games and football games and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really ever start taking it too seriously until after high school, I recorded a couple songs. Um, And, and what's funny is even my very first song I ever recorded was with the same main producer that I work with today to this very day. But um, yeah, in about two, I'm going to show my age here, but in like 2006 or 2007, I moved from outside of Chicago into the city of Chicago. Uh, where that producer lived. His name is Stephen Clark. He's my partner, my my producer in, in, in everything with Spotty Wi-Fi. And we we started a group. He was the DJ. It was me and another MC. And uh, that's when I started taking it more seriously. And I just realized that, like, not only did I enjoy writing songs, but, but I also was a pretty good, like, I was pretty crafty in terms of being able to book shows and get us gigs and get different types of opportunities popping off just basically by just grinding. This was like in the MySpace era, you know, sending a lot of DMs and things like that. So, um, yeah, from 2006 or seven until 2012, I was doing music pretty seriously. You know, we toured, we opened for a lot of big names, uh, but then eventually I just got warned you know, worn out by it, got burnt out. You know, it was hard to pay the bills with music at that time. Uh, By the time I was done, it it wasn't even the MySpace era anymore. It was more like the SoundCloud era. Um, But eventually I kind of gave it up, got a day job, got good at my day job and did that for about eight years, didn't write a song for eight years. And then COVID hit and that disrupted my job, lost my job bought a crypto punk in february of last year and then got this crazy idea to build a character around it and start making music with my crypto punk
1: no that that's that's crazy that's awesome and crazy like as an entrepreneur as well um i'd say like even like i had those moments where you know i got i had to go get a regular job and still do my side hustle and things like that so like i feel like I feel like people sometimes are like embarrassed to say that but like i think it's like pretty normal to do like you need to obviously live and stuff so i i i, I appreciate you like saying all that stuff too and um and then yeah tell me tell me like how did you pick out the name spotty Wi-Fi because i think it's a great name for just like internet the just like the space that we're in right now oh uh, thank you
0: man so when i bought my crypto punk um the trait that makes my cryptopunk rare is the spots on its face, right? So there's 10,000 cryptopunks, only 124 have spots. But at the time, it was kind of an undervalued trait. Even though it was rare, nobody was really it wasn't like a trait that anybody really wanted. So, um I just saw it as like this is uh, this is basically underpriced. You know, that's that's one of the main reasons why I bought this particular cryptopunk then when i started thinking about doing something creative with my punk and giving it a name and a backstory i just knew that the spots had to be central to that that story and that identity because i felt like anybody can relate to that you know everybody has something about them that the world discounts or the world points at it and they laugh at it or they don't appreciate it but that's what makes us who we are. That's what makes us individuals. So first I started calling him spotty Pippin. Um, and that, you know, people would all that, that reaction, that, that, that laugh or that chuckle was like every time I would say spotty Pippin. And then eventually it just hit me after a few days or weeks of thinking about it. I was like, no, his stage name is spotty Wi-Fi. Like spotty Pippin can be his, his legal name, but spotty Wi-Fi has to be his stage name.
1: Yeah. that's See, uh, when I thought of it, when I just like looked at it and always think of it, I just think of like how it's like funny how the internet's always like going in and out and spot like it's spotty. So that's like, that's what I think about it.
0: Totally. Yeah. And it's like, you know, rappers always want to be hard or talk about like they came from the struggle or whatever. So that's why I thought spotty Wi-Fi was funny because it's like, you know, it's futuristic, but it's also like you know he's from the metaverse but he's he's his wi-fi is spotty you know
1: (laughs) yeah for sure now taking it back like a step how how did you get into nfts like how did you discover them man I
0: got into cryptocurrencies for the first time in late 2017. um so I actually bought crypto for the first time right before it crashed so if anybody's watching this and if anybody's watching this and you you are underwater right now because you bought some crypto and it just crashed, man, believe, believe me, I totally know that feeling. Um, thankfully, I had a friend at that time who told me, you know, you don't lose anything until you sell. And I was way overexposed, by the way, I, I got into crypto and I put way more money in than I was prepared to lose. But I just I just held it all. And throughout the whole bear market, and it was a brutal bear market, 2018 and 2019. And in fact, it just made me study more and like learn more about it and get more convinced and convicted that I was right. Um, And I just kept buying more little by little, you know, when I could, I would buy more over the bear market. Um, Then, you know, finally, the prices started to go up toward like, I would say the end of 2019, then COVID hit, and everything crashed again, and I I end up losing my job. Uh, But then crypto rebounded pretty quickly in 2020. And by 2021, I started hearing about NBA Top Shot on Twitter. And so NBA Top Shot was really my gateway. That was how that was the first, you know, if you want to call them NFTs, that was the first NFTs I ever bought. and then. My CryptoPunk was the very first Ethereum NFT that I ever bought. And I discovered CryptoPunks through the Top Shot community.
1: That's dope. Yeah, that's exactly how I got into NFTs too, through NBA Top Shot. Um, yep. So that's dope. Um, and then, yeah, just tell me a little bit about um, like one, obviously you getting into NFTs and then you like, what was the process of you thinking about making your own project and then bringing like music to NFTs? And I think you were one of like the first ones to do it, correct?
0: Well, so there were definitely music NFTs before me, Mm -hmm. uh, but I did a few things uh, that were new. You know, I was the first one to take an NFT and build a character, a musical character around it. You know, now you see Snoop Dogg has a character, which is his bored ape named Dr. Bombay. Timbaland has a character with his Bored Ape named uh, Congo and Universal Music Group is licensing Bored Apes and building characters around them and things like that, but nobody was doing this at that, at that time when I started last year. Um, You know, some of the other things I did that were new were I kind of introduced the idea of rarity traits for an NFT album, so if you look at any of my NFT collections, I might have one song and then make 26 remixes out of it. Like I've literally done that so that when I drop it as an NFT collection, you might mint the original version of the song, which is very common, or you might mint a remix, which is rare. It might even be a one of one. Um, so w- what kind of inspired me to get started was, well, I was definitely inspired by the band, the Gorillas, or like any artist that ever had an alter ego or a pseudonym, things like that. But really, it was when I when I started using my CryptoPunk as my Twitter avatar, and I saw that anybody with a, a CryptoPunk profile pic, you would get people following you just based off of your profile picture. You know, it doesn't matter if you know what the hell you're talking about or not. You know, they don't even need to know your real identity. They don't need to know your resume or what what your expertise is. They're gonna follow you because the CryptoPunk signals to them that um you know something you know so once i started seeing that and experiencing that it just like triggered something in me from those years in the past to being a musician because when you're a musician you're looking for any way to capture the attention of an audience you know and all of a sudden i started to think if if somebody were to take their crypto pump and do something musically with it they'll have a built-in audience because there's thousands of people that own a CryptoPunk right now that are going to think that's interesting. And they're going to want to support that because they want CryptoPunks to become popular and well-known, you know? So that was really the inspiration. And this was before board apes. There were no board apes yet at this time when I released my first song in spotty wi Um, and yeah, man, it just, it proved, it proved to work. Basically, you know, I put out that first song, the CryptoPunk community and the NFT community embraced it and I just never stopped. I kept putting out music all summer long last year, 2021. And by August, I had a whole album. And then, you know, along the way, I started to develop the concept of like, we're gonna make rarity traits, you know, we're gonna sell the NFT and you'll get a vinyl record, you'll get a copyright license so you could use the music and your content. Um, we'll do some things where we have events and you have to have an NFT to, to get in, you know, occasionally I'll ask my NFT holders to help me make a decision, like which song should I put out next? Who should I try to get to feature on a song and let them vote and things like that. So we, we just, my producer and me, we just kind of took things that we saw working for bigger NFT projects outside of music and figured out how do we translate that for a music project?
1: Yeah. So how many, so how many of those did you come out? Like how many songs have you come out with? Like, and like, what was the first one? Was it just one song or was it like an album?
0: So the first NFT drop was an album. The album had seven songs on it. When you minted the NFT, you might mint one of those seven songs or you might mint one of 24 remixes. The remixes aren't on the album, uh, but the remixes are more rare in the collection than the songs that are on the album. Uh, and each of them have their own unique artwork, so you can kind of see visually uh, whether you got a rare or, or if you got something that that was more common. And so we made two thousand total NFTs, two thousand total NFTs. We sold them for 0.03 Ethereum each, and so. That's 60 Ethereum total and it sold out in under 60 seconds um, and that sort of became the headline, you know, yeah. the Crypto rapper made 60 Ethereum in 60 seconds. Uh, but really the story, if you dig deeper than the headline, the story is like we spent six months leading up to that, you know, really building relationships in the community um, and, and of course, focusing on the music and, and doing a lot of work with the smart contract developers to, to get it all prepared
1: yeah no definitely like i like the people that don't know like obviously now we're in a bear market but obviously that back then we were in a bull market and all that it was everyone was going crazy and then you know contracts obviously everyone wasn't you know uh educated on how to make everything and now there's like a million different types of contracts and you know gas one gas efficient ones and all that so i'm sure it was crazy just doing all that stuff cuz i could only imagine just seeing like how it is now like it's still harder, but I mean it's still hard, but it's still I mean it's easier than it was like before. For sure, yeah. Finding finding a team of developers yeah.
0: was was one of the hardest things, um, and I'm super grateful for for them. I work with a a team called West Coast NFT. If it weren't for them, this would have never been possible because the way I did the drop, I couldn't do that on OpenSea. I couldn't do that on Rarible by myself. You know, I had to have everything custom.
1: Yeah. So how, like, I know, like you said, so what, how did, did you know it was going to sell out in one minute?
0: (laughs) No, man. I, I, you know, if you would have asked me a week before the drop, I really didn't know how it was going to do at all. Mm -hmm. I would say the, the few days leading up to the drop, things started to feel a little crazy though. Like I did a song, the last song that I put out before the drop was a song with Art chick who is like a pretty controversial figure in the NFT world. And, um, we did this song together. It's a fun song. I really love the song actually, but she had a lot more followers than me at the time she still does. And, uh, that song, like at the time, that was the biggest song that we had put out and it, it became our biggest song, like overnight, basically people were shocked that I did a song with Art chick. Um, it's also like an R&B song, so it was different than any of the other songs. And then, you know, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but like our the number of people in our Discord, it like doubled or tripled like overnight. You know, um, we were getting a lot of Twitter followers that last week. Um, so in the, in the last couple days leading up to it, I could feel the momentum. I remember I actually went to my developers, my, the smart contract developers. And I was like, yo, can we increase the price? Cause I think we underestimated the demand, you know? And they're like, nah, man, it's too late. If if you want to do that, we have to delay the launch. And I was like, nah, I don't want to delay the launch. So, um, it it was really 48 or 72 hours beforehand when I started to think, man, this could really sell out, but I, I really didn't think it, I I didn't think it was going to be like an instant sellout. That was, that was a big surprise.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So like, how did that, like, basically how'd that like change your life?
0: Well, I'll put it to you this way. When I launched the, the sale, it was in the middle of the day. I was basically on a lunch break from a job that I was freelancing at working from home as a freelancer. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of like stealing time from this company that I was supposed to be working for launching it. Um, they ended up offering me a full-time job. Uh, actually I had just accepted a full-time job from them and, but I was still freelancing and right after the sale or shortly after the sale, I let them know like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to be working here anymore. You know? So, so the biggest way it changed my life was this became my full-time job after that, um, it also changed my life in that I, I got more recognition for my music. And for my innovation in in this Web3 world than I ever got for anything I've ever done before. You know, I had a Pigeons and Planes, which is a rap blog owned by Complex. They did like a 6,000 word editorial on my story, tracking my whole music journey going back 15 years. That was incredible. Um, I've gone on to collaborate with, you know, I've done songs with Bun B after that album. I did a song with Jim Jones uh, after that album, which is unreleased. But people know that it exists because we just performed it live in New York last week. Um, I've done songs with Death Row Records, which Snoop now owns. Um, I've 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 just had some crazy life experiences in the past year that I would have never, ever expected, you know, been able to meet legendary MCs that i looked up to growing up and listened to as uh, you know as a kid and stuff and uh, and and just been in a position that is super super privileged position where some of these people that i've always looked up to and admired they're now looking at me um as somebody that that is a thought leader in the space and and we're learning from each other which is incredible
1: yeah no for sure like um I wouldn't say I had the same type of, like, life-changing experience in 60 seconds, but it's definitely impacted my life a lot, too, just because, like, the people I met and the connections I made just through, like, Twitter and Twitter spaces and all that's been, like, crazy. Like, one of, uh, like, Nikki Diamond's founder of uh, Diamond Supply Co is, like, one of uh, the reasons why, like, I started my clothing brand uh, originally, and then now, like, I'm, like, I'd say I'm kind of friends with them now. Like, it's, like, we talk on Twitter spaces and shit. It's pretty crazy um, to think so- that. Yeah, so it's just like st- like random stuff and just like all the people I've met. Like, and even that's why I was telling you before we started, like uh, a lot of people were talking about you in spaces before I even met you. So that's why I was like, yo, I gotta meet this guy. Like I keep on hearing about him. And I kept on, I've been following you for like probably like the last like eight months, just seeing all your tweets. So it's been dope to actually see, like to come up as well too. And then that's why I said, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm saying to myself, you're definitely one of the, one one of the NFT, like one of the only NFT, music people in the best right now. Like you're, I think you're in the top or whatever, three, five, something great. <laughs> hey,
0: thank you, man. You know, it's, it's a, it's an incredible time, you know, right now, because we're just, I know it sounds corny, but we're just so early that yeah. if you, if you figure out, a, like, if you, if you think about it long enough, you can, you can figure out a way to do something that nobody has ever done before. You know and that's just that's crazy to me that all last year that was the thing i kept saying was like i just want to make i want to make a footnote in history because these are historic times we're living in this is historic technology and i just felt like i remember having this sense of urgency and my producer had the same sense of urgency right up until we dropped we were worried somebody's going to drop somebody's going to do what we're trying to do if we don't hurry you know no. And uh, it's, it's just a great feeling to do something that is innovative and then have people kind of recognize it. Because a lot of times you do something or even throughout history, you see people, they do something innovative and it doesn't get recognized. You know, people don't always get their flowers while they're around to, to enjoy them, you know. So it's been a, a wild ride, man. I'm, I'm really grateful.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably the best and worst part about Web3 of how, of how fast it moves because like you said like even who knows like if you did it a week later someone could have done it or already done it like it, it's that quick sure. <clears throat> but I, I want to read the tweet that you wrote the other day you said 18 months ago I was unemployed 12 months ago I was a gimmick 18 hours ago I opened up for little Wayne Eminem and Snoop at ape fest thank you to all my spotties that supported me through this movement from the beginning it was incredible to see so many of you in the crowd yesterday much love So what did it mean to you to, to open up for those three legends?
0: Oh man, it was, it was incredible. Um, You know, Snoop is actually one of those artists that I opened for years and years ago uh, at a place called the Rave in Milwaukee. Uh, But this was super special because I've become good friends with his son, Champ. We've done music together. Uh, Snoop has shown me a lot of love personally. You know, he, he he's one of these giants. I mean, I mean, who's who's everybody in the galaxy knows who Snoop is. You know what I mean? You can't you could go to any continent. You could go to Antarctica and there's some scientists running around and they know who who Snoop Dogg is, you know. Yeah, uh, sure. So he's the type of guy who. He was inspired by what I did and he told me that. And he told me that publicly and he didn't have to say that you know he could have just done what he's doing and and never even mentioned me and that would have been totally fine but um it was like a it was it was really like a full circle moment you know uh to to open up for him lil wayne is one of my biggest influences uh in terms of music and 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 rap and and same for my producer you know the carter one through three was a whole era for us. And, and of course, all the mixtapes and everything, that that was just like a moment in time that helped define our style and everything. Um, and Eminem too, man, you know, like, is crazy. My, my first song, I'm Spotty, is inspired by like how Eminem with his first couple albums, he had a song called My Name Is, or he had a song called The Real Slim Shady, where he was introducing himself to the world through humor. And that's what I tried to do with our first song. So there were a lot of things that made it a really full circle moment. Um, and that was definitely the biggest stage that I've performed on as spotty Wi-Fi, and to be embraced by the board apes. You know, I own board apes. I've been a big supporter of the board apes since they launched in may of last year, or since they sold out in may of last year. So man, it was, it was incredible. It was humbling. And the coolest part, like I said, in that tweet, was looking out into the crowd and anywhere I looked in the crowd I could see friends of mine I could see people that people that have come to my shows over the past year or 8 months when there were 20 people in the room you know or less or 15 people in the room and I'm seeing these people now in a in a a bigger crowd and on a bigger stage so it just felt like very much I, I like to think that I represent the community because I think I'm an example of what anybody can do with their intellectual property if they own an NFT and if they want to build with that intellectual property. And I think I inspire people in that way because I'm one of them. I'm, I'm part of the community. And I didn't come from, a I didn't have a big platform. I didn't have thousands of followers and I didn't have a ton of money when I when I started. I still don't. But um, so it, it was just a very like cool feeling for for all of those reasons.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and yeah, like sure. going into the IP rights, like what was that like at the beginning? Because I think uh, CryptoPunks, you didn't have them at the beginning, correct?
0: So that was a very uh, controversial subject mm-hmm. when I started. I bought my CryptoPunk in February, and. Yuga Labs bought the intellectual property of the CryptoPunks just a few months ago. So for about a year, there were a lot of question marks about whether what I was doing was um, copyright infringement or whether it was a violation of Larva Labs terms and conditions. I had I, I believe I had a strong argument to say that I was within my rights. But it definitely was controversial and honestly that's probably the number one reason why I'm I don't have any competition, you know what I mean I there's there's very few crypto punks doing anything remotely creative with their crypto punks there's like the, the punks comic team, which I'm a big supporter of because you know they have 16 crypto punks that they use to make some some comic books um, but they weren't around when i started by the way when, when yeah. i put out my first song as i'm spotty um you have g money doing some cool things partnering with adidas partnering with other brands uh using his CryptoPunk. um but the, these are very very few and far between examples so yeah it the yuga labs buying that intellectual property and saying do what do whatever you want with it is one of the greatest things that could have happened to me and, and a totally unexpected gift, you know, yeah. it's like the skies just opened up and this gift just fell in my lap. So I'm super grateful for that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, <clears throat> so I don't know how much you know about me, but I'm, I do sports marketing for athletes and, um, I was getting sponsorships and one of my friends owns a CryptoPunk, And I was like, Oh, Yo, you want to get it on his, uh, boxing trunks? And he was like, "No, nah, like we we can't we don't have the IP rights." This was back in December, so I was like, oh, "I was like, oh damn," but I knew the board apes did, so I, I got a sponsorship through that. So it was actually like the first board ape on in the ring, basically, essentially. So it was pretty cool to do first sponsorship, that's, first type thing. Yeah.
0: Hey, that's super dope, man! I yeah. love to hear that. Yeah, because and by the
1: way,
0: yeah, I was just gonna say. By the way, we we, we should have a lot to talk about then off the air too. Would love would love to you know get some knowledge from you on how, how a lot of those things work.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, what, what advice would you give um, to, I guess, uh, a young artist uh, trying to make it uh, slash, I guess, in the new Web3 NFT world?
0: Well, normally the advice I give is things like don't be in a rush, you know, don't pull up on a Monday looking to sell something on a Friday come in ready to learn and listen and build relationships, the best thing you can do is come in and be patient and just try to make friends, you want to you want to meet other creators uh, content creators like yourself, you want to meet collectors like you and me. Um, And 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 become a collector become a collector before you become a web three creator, honestly, because you're going to learn a lot by collecting. You're going to learn what, what is easy about collecting, what's difficult about collecting and, and what are the thought processes that, that go on in a collector's mind? What are the motivations for a collector? You know, there's different people, collect different things for different reasons, you know, Um, Some people like that feeling of putting a quarter in the gumball machine and and hoping you get a rare flavor. You know, that's why we did rarity traits. Some people collect because they like to get, like Punk's Comic. Punk's Comic gives you a physical comic book. That helped inspire us to do the vinyl record. Some people collect because they wanna get intellectual property rights and build something. That's why we give a copyright license with the music uh, in most cases. So be a collector, you know, that's gonna help you a lot, you're gonna learn a lot that way. Right now, I would also say, um, man, it's a tough time to try to sell NFTs. It really is a tough time, it's a bear market. Um, You know, you might have an idea today that was a million dollar idea six months ago. Now that idea, maybe the best thing you could do is let people get it for free. And then, you know, earn royalties when they trade it or sell it on the secondary market. You know, um, you got to be you got to be agile. You got to be willing to adapt because this is a very fast moving market. So but the best advice I can give probably even if you don't put out an NFT for free, just whatever you're thinking to charge, charge less. And however many NFTs you're thinking to sell, sell fewer. That's the best advice Uh, G money gave me that advice last year when I was asking him about how I should approach this. That was the best advice I ever got you want the people that believe in you from the beginning, you want them to feel like they got an amazing price and you want that that floor price to rise, you don't want. (laughs) You don't want to charge the Max you can charge from your early supporters and then see that floor price fall. Because yeah. that's gonna that's gonna deflate the energy and, and suck all the air out of the room. You know that that's probably the best advice I could
1: give. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, uh, I wish I knew that advice last year because I came out with my uh, own mini project. It was only like eleven collection, and then uh, like I didn't. I only sold one in the first like I don't know maybe like six months. But then once I started getting into NFTs and actually buying them and getting into communities and stuff, then I sold out of them. So mm-hmm. that was because I learned how to do other things and
0: mm-hmm. met new
1: people and things like that. So like, yeah, definitely, I agree with you. Get into buying, like, buy NFTs and do research first and then drop your NFTs if you're trying to. <clears throat> and um, all right, you ready for some fun questions? Let's do it. All right, who's your who's your favorite uh, artist of all time? Nas, the nice. goat all right he's been doing a lot of innovative things too i don't know if you've seen besides uh, him having his own you know nft platform streaming and all that but he uh coinbase i think he was an early investor and he more made more money than he did in his whole career so that's crazy
0: yes sir absolutely
1: um who who's like your dream collab song with is it Nas as well
0: yeah i mean he's definitely at the top you know right up there at the top of the list um i also you know i'm a midwest kid uh, lived in Chicago for a decade. So I'm gonna put Kanye on that list. Um, Kanye, Nas. Um, I mean, of course, Jay-Z's on that list, man. I got to put Snoop on the list for real, for real. Like I've done songs with Snoop's son and some of the other death row artists, but I got to get a song with, with uncle Snoop at some point.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what's something, what's something people don't know about you?
0: Okay, something people don't know about me. Um, some people do know this, so I guess this is not exactly answering the question. But you know, a lot of people don't know that back in the day I did go to law school. I, I passed the bar in the state of Illinois. So when I talk about intellectual property and things like that, uh, these are things that I'm passionate about. So you know, like NF, and, and and I have a marketing background. I, I I really didn't enjoy being a lawyer. I was only a lawyer for like a year, and then I said. Forget that. And I started working at ad agencies. So this world of NFTs is like the intersection of a lot of things that I'm really interested in between like, you know, uh, music and art and intellectual property and marketing and building communities and stuff like that. So that's one thing that very few people probably know or realize. Um, another thing I'll say, you know, a lot of people don't know um, I'm Latino. I'm, I'm Costa Rican. And, um, and yeah, that's not something a lot of people, I'm always wearing the mask if I'm online, 90, 99% of the time. And even if you saw me, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fair complexion. You wouldn't necessarily guess that at all.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's dope. You're the, you're a, so, so you passed the bar. Does that, so does that mean, do you have to like renew that or like, so can you still be a lawyer or you just retake it? i'm not a practicing lawyer I, I would never have to
0: retake the exam but I, w- I will have to pay like a yearly um you know, a yearly due to the yeah, what yeah. is it? the american bar association or the illinois whatever the the thing is called but i just don't even do that anymore so my license yeah. is basically on hold and gotcha. i don't
1: i don't well, practice that's properly. a crazy that's a crazy fallback i'll just say that yeah
0: it's uh, yeah no that's what it is at this point. There were times during COVID when I was unemployed or, or freelancing. There were times when I was like, you know what? I think I got to reinstate this license and get back, and yeah. you know, have that as a fallback right now. Um, it never quite came to that, thankfully, because man, I'm telling you, lawyers work hard for their money, man. Yeah. It's a, it's and it's not it, to me. It's not fun work. It, yeah. So, some lawyers have fun jobs. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be doing what I'm doing right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you at? Absolutely, man. Check
0: me out at spottywifi.io. That's S-P-O-T-T-I-E, spottywifi.io um, on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, any platform you can think of it's just at spotty wifi. And, uh, if you go to my website and you want to, you want to talk to me personally or anything like that, uh, hop in my discord, the link is right on my website. I'm in my discord every day. And there's a lot of like-minded people that are music fans and NFT collectors in there, um, if, if this type of conversation is interesting to you, that's a cool place to hang out. And um, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you sharing your time and your
1: platform. Yeah, no, for sure. Appreciate it again.